being a woman is so hard, especially nowadays with all the constant comparison on the internet. And if you've ever been an athlete and you've looked better, I think that all the time. I'm like, dang, I wish I looked like how I used to look. Like, I don't look like that anymore. And I'm like, hey, that's not you. That's what I think. I'm like, that was you then. Look at the person I was on the inside. I'm like, I don't want to be that person anymore. This is who you are now. You got to do the best you can with what you have. And if you don't like it, work to improve it. That's really all we can do. And then give yourself some grace. It's the only body you have. So putting it down is not really doing anything for you. Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp and 100% accountability with me including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links in bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Claire. Today, my guest is probably one of the most multifaceted women that I've been following on the internet for probably about seven years. It is Marissa Loren. Hello, Marissa. Hi, Claire. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Thank you for saying yes. I'm so excited because this is going to get to go so many directions. And so real quick, for those of you who do not already know Marissa, she is a lot of different things, but I'll rattle off a few right quick. So she's an artist. She is a first form elite athlete. She is a travel queen. She is a gun lover, a rider. She is the owner of a couple of pets, a dog, a kitty, but a shower kitty to be exact. And then she's also a board member at War Party Ranch, which we'll probably loop back to later. So The girl be doing things. (laughs) So I like to intro the episode with just the how we met and then why I asked you to be here. And so the how we met is actually we have never met in real life. This is our first time getting to do any sort of face-to-face for now. But it was David. I have to shout out David for making the connection. I simply was like, hey, he's a good friend. He works over at First Form with Andy. And I was like, do you mind making an intro there? I would love to have her on the pod. And he did. And so I have to just say major thank you to David for making the connection. And then 
as far as the why I've asked you to be on today is just because you are so multifaceted. And I feel like there is no box that you could be put into, which makes you very unique. You didn't niche down, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you didn't niche down into one thing. And like, I'm just this one thing. You're like, no, but I'm all of these things. And you've got this feminine, beautiful energy, and you've got this masculine energy and just all these things that just make you an interesting person to pay attention to. So... Blush it. Well, I hate when people say nice things about me. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I would rather leave the building. <laughs> well, it is a lot. And this is all just from afar, but I've been following you for, I want to say seven years. I don't know how many years. I would say at least six. I've been following from afar for a long time. And so have seen a good bit of your journey from afar, but nonetheless. So from there, I kind of want to just launch into topics and I think where I want to start is with the artistic stuff. I think being artistic is something that you are pretty well known for, but I think what's cool is like you do a lot of different forms of it. You're artistic in your expression with your written word. You're artistic with obviously the tattooing. You're artistic with the tattoos that you have yourself with the way that you dress. The freaking post that you just made for your birthday was a whole ass vibe and it was so artistic. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just want to get some context of like, did you, were you always artistic? Yes. Yeah. Since I was little, I always tell people when I started doing art is the same time anyone did, right? Like you're a child and you start coloring and drawing or whatever. And I just never stopped. Honestly, I was always just trying to recreate little whatever I saw, like Scooby-Doo or cartoons and stuff and doing okay at it. Like, oh, I actually get pretty close and then I feel like I can get closer. And then I started taking fine art acrylic painting classes when I was eight years old. The cutoff age was 10 and they let me in. So that was cool. And then just through high school, didn't really care too much about doing art. You just get into other things. But then once I got out of high school, I got back into it like started drawing again and wanted to start painting again. And then that's when I got into tattooing. And so I've just been keeping at it. Yeah. And you said you grew up in Colorado. Yeah. Little tiny, small town in Western Colorado. But you've lived a number of places. Yeah. So I grew up in Colorado. So that's where I was born and raised in like a really small farm town. And then I moved to Florida, South Florida. I lived in Fort Lauderdale area for a couple years And then I lived in Las Vegas for three years, and I've been in St. Louis for two. And now I'm moving to Phoenix in five days. Are you so excited? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I've ever felt this good about a move. And it's weird because the way it happened, it wasn't supposed to. And it happened really quickly. But it feels like it was a path I was supposed to take. So hopefully that's true. And it's not like when I moved here and... The universe was like, go fuck yourself. You shouldn't be here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, I want to dive a little deeper than into that. How did Phoenix come to be a thing and why does it feel like it's resonating? Uh, So in June, my business, I opened a private tattoo studio here in St. Louis and I sunk so much time, effort, money, just like heart and soul into that stupid space. And it actually burned to the ground in June. So it was really traumatic. But when that happened, I had already not wanted to live in St. Louis anymore, but 
but I had given myself a year to figure out where I was going and if it was the right place. And then I was looking at, dang, now I don't have a year. I have maybe a couple months to decide. Like I really had two, three months to decide if I wanted to move or stay longer. And Phoenix was one of those places that just kept popping up. Like it was one of the easiest places for me to open another tattoo studio. When I was researching places, I was looking at Tennessee, maybe Nevada again, Arizona and Phoenix was the easiest place to open another tattoo studio. Their requirements are pretty much zero. Well, that saves me a lot of hassle because I had to open another temporary studio here in St. Louis. And I'm like, three studios in a two and a half year time frame is exhausting and insane. And I was like, the least amount of work I have to do, the better it feels for my mental health, honestly. And then Phoenix gave me, I have friends there. I can start competition shooting again, which I really miss. Like I can start pretty much immediately. And then all the outdoor hiking stuff that I love doing. Like I really miss being out West with like mountains and all the stuff you can do there. So I was like, all right, well, maybe this is where I'm supposed to be for now. So it kind of just happened. And then I was like, yeah, sure. We're going to try this out for a bit. And then now it feels really good now that I've committed. Oh, that sounds like a lot is in alignment. If you like sunshine and you like heat, you should be fine. Yeah. I mean, I lived in Vegas, which is exactly the same weather. So it didn't really bother me living there. It's hot, but it's not humid. The humidity is what kills me. It's so sticky and gross and like it makes the heat feel so much worse. So dry heat, I can, I'm fine with. Yeah. Houston's not far from here. My aunt and uncle live there and I'm like, I'm wet when I enter this place. (laughs) All the, just everywhere. Like, ugh. It gets in all of your crevices. Mm. <laughs> and as a woman, you might have some crevices. So yeah. okay, you said the competition shooting thing, which I want to get more into in more depth later. So the next place I want to go is about your athletic journey, because that's what introduced me to you to begin with. And that's still very much a part of your story. And so over the years, it's shifted and changed from what I've seen. And as like anybody who's done fitness for any length of time knows, it just does that. But what would you say about that journey for you? Were you always an athlete or did you come into that in later years? And then there were definitely some people that wanted to know more details about your like dealing with chronic pain and all of the spine stuff that you do deal with and navigate around it. Oh, yeah. So I was an athlete when I was younger. I would say I played competition sports or competitive sports all through high school, like up to high school or whatever. I varsity golf and softball all four years of high school. And then I snowboarded and did showed horses, did a lot of other extracurricular stuff. When I graduated high school at 16, I decided not to play sports anymore. Like I wasn't really sure about where I was going to go to school or what I was going to do. So like, and I had to pay for college, so I couldn't afford to play sports and not work. So when I went to college within the first three months, I got so fat. I really was just an overachiever with the weight gain. I gained like 55 pounds in the first three months, just like drinking, partying. I never worked out, but I played sports my whole life, pretty much all year round. And it was the first time I wasn't being active. And that really caught up to me, which is at 17 years old, my metabolism just was shit. So I gained a bunch of weight. And then that's when I decided like, oh, I think change this. Maybe I'll start working out and lifting weights for the first time. And I wasn't really sure how to go about that. So I found someone who was willing to teach me, which is interesting because he ended up being like a sociopathic ex. But he was what got me into lifting and I loved it and then started bodybuilding. 
I'm like, I was like, oh, I want to do this. It's like, it's kind of, it was real popular at that time. I'm trying to think it was 2000 whales, maybe like it. Yes. Like it was blowing up. Everyone was doing shows. And so I had friends, older friends who had been competing in bodybuilding. And so I was like, I want to do this. I want to commit to bodybuilding. So I started training for my first bikini show. And that's when I found First Form. It was like 2014. They had just started doing their first athlete searches. At that time, I had to drink a lot of protein, which I hated. And I saw, I think, one of their ads. And I was like, oh, I'll try their products. And I like ordered their protein. And it was so, so good. <laughs> like, I remember the first time I drank one, I was like, holy shit, this is actually tasty. Like, I would drink this all the time. So then I was like, well, maybe I'll enter their athlete search because I'm like competing on my first show. Like it's the perfect time. And so, yeah, that was 2014 and did my first show. And then I ended up actually winning one of their athlete searches a few months later, which was so cool and so surreal to me still, especially because I didn't have Instagram followers. I was really nobody. I lived in a really small town and had just started bodybuild it's so crazy too I'm like I don't even know what they saw so yeah I did that and then right after that I went and did that tv show which fucked me because I was training for another bodybuilding show at the time and I had to put that on hold and I think it just really fucked my metabolism for sure like I went from working out twice a day eating six to seven meals a day to being and I was sober at the time just because of training and I did that show and I was stressed out, wasn't working out, was barely able to eat at all, let alone anything healthy, and then no stress release. And then I started drinking again, just to deal with the stress. And so when I got back from that show, like my metabolism was jacked, I was stressed out. Plus, there's a lot of emotional stuff happening at that time, too. And how old were you when all that went down? 23. Yeah, prime time for you to handle stuff well. Like you shouldn't have the resources yet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just think how tumultuous that whole year when I look back, I'm like, holy shit, the amount of stuff got packed into just a year time frame was insane. Because yeah, I was like, was in an abusive relationship, literally was trying to get out of that at the exact same time all of those things were happening. Yeah. And then I moved to Florida right after all of that stuff happened, which wasn't any better, honestly. And I don't know enough about it, but if you were in that situation with the relationship trying to get out and this was an abusive situation and you're gaining all of this attention, it probably didn't jive super well. And that's an assumption, but that's a lot of stress. It was a lot of stress. Yeah. So there was a time frame right after I moved to Florida where I was working out, but not really. And then um, like that next following year, so maybe 2015, 16. Yeah. No, 2016 is when I was like, oh, I want to commit to doing another show. And I started working with my coaches again. And that's when I got sick. I don't know what happened. Like still to this day, like I just remember I was training from January to June. So my diet and everything had not changed. But the month of June, I gained 20 pounds in a couple weeks. Like the first couple weeks of June, I gained like 20 pounds without changing anything. And I was felt like I was starving all the time. Like I eat seven, eight times a day. It feels like I have hunger pains, like I haven't been feeding myself. And then a month later, I felt like I got sick. And then I lost 20 pounds in a week. I couldn't keep solid foods down. And I went a year without being able to keep solid foods down. And I was seeing 
every specialist you can think of. I was in Florida at the time, so I'm like gastroenterologist, hormone specialist, OBGYNs, all of regular doctors, just anyone that I can see trying to figure out what's going on with like my stomach and why I can't eat and keep food down. And I was losing weight and I was couldn't even sweep a floor without passing out because I wasn't able to do anything. I had no energy and no one could help me. All of the doctors were like, you're fine. Don't know why you're here, which is bullshit. But I think from that is when I gained, I got hypothyroidism. So I think I got Hashimoto's just because my body was in such a severe deficit and stressed out and sick for so long that my hormones tanked. And I think because I already have an autoimmune disease, you can get more that that's what caused the Hashimoto's. That's, I mean, my theory, there's no way to prove it. But then I asked someone to check me for Hashimoto's and I did get diagnosed for it after I had to self-diagnose. So I've still been dealing with all of that for since 2016, 17, and it hasn't really gotten better. I've just gotten better on dealing with it. Yeah, I got a bunch of spine issues. So I almost broke my back in, when I was 19. So this was like right before I started bodybuilding, maybe. Yeah. I compressed all the discs in my spine. I had a snowboarding accident. I like went off a 40 foot kicker that I've done a thousand times, but I just got went off wrong, landed in like a seated 90 degree position and like literally felt my spine compress. And I ended up losing an inch in height from how severe the compressions were. And then that has just spurred multiple herniations and degenerative disc disease over the years. And after I moved to St. Louis, I don't know what happened. It was from 2020 of not being able to really lift very much because all the gyms were closed, a little bit of atrophy and my discs just freaked out again. So I was, all my discs got super pushed out again and herniated further and I couldn't lift or work out for like three months. And then like, so this last year and a half, I've been rehabbing all of that, which is a nightmare. So I'm just living my best life. <laughs> Oh my gosh, everything's fine. Yeah. I'm just always thinking that like Hates me together. with the, the guy with, in the room on fire and he's like, this is fine. So and I'm like, this is literally my life. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, this has been a day, but I had a podcast right before this as well with this coach. He's just this spiritual being. He's so cool. Anyway, and we were talking about life stuff anyway, and he like was saying with adversity is the gift. And so he was at eight years old, placed into special education and literally graduated out of special education when he didn't actually need to be. And he's black and there were just things like stacked against him. Right. And so anyway, in his adult life, figuring out how all of those things that were adversity that were hard has actually been the gift. And so as much as that's really frustrating, like I'm like, oh, that checks. Some of the things that have spurred the biggest growth that's been good in my life has been the bad shit. And so you do post about your training because you're somebody who's figured out that moving your body helps you deal with life. And so you're doing belt squat I've seen and things like that to just work around like spine loading and things like that. So I guess just with all of the disease stuff and then all of your diet, what does health and fitness look like for you today as you have to figure out how to work with what you've got right now? Yeah, so diet has been a big thing and I could always do better at it, but I really try to focus on anti-inflammatory diets. Anyone with an autoimmune, that is a really good way to go. I think my biggest problem, even with my spine issues, is that my body doesn't really heal itself right now. My immune system is literally working against me. So with my disc problems, I'm always like, I bet they would be better if my freaking immune system would just heal a little bit. 
So anti-inflammatory diets, really trying to avoid anything that creates more inflammation in my body. And that's the same thing with training too. That's why recovery is super important. That's why I'm like started ice bathing all the time and I sauna a lot and stretching and just being moving all the time, being outdoors and hiking or walking or like just keeping my body moving. I think it makes a huge difference. And then, yeah, changing how I train now. Like I still want to be in that lift heavy bodybuilder mentality. Like I loved being strong. And I did get really strong for a while. So I do love squatting and deadlifting. Every time I do them, I feel worse. So if I still want to do those things, I have to come at them a different way. So yeah, those like uh, belt squat machine, that thing is pretty great without backloading. And you can still lift pretty heavy if you build up to it. And like, yeah, I just try to be smart because sometimes like, you don't want to be. I always am that. I'm like, I can do this. I used to be able to. I should be able to. But I can't. And I shouldn't anymore because it's probably just going to set me back further. And it's temporary for me to feel like, oh, I'm still me. And I'm like, hmm, it's just a different version. So I got to look at it that way, like health over strength or anything. Yeah, I did this actually, this certification this last week in the pain-free performance specialist certification. And it was so much about, it's incredible what you can get done with just your body and how much strength is required for you to just do movements, holds, whatever with your body weight alone. And actually my boyfriend, Eric, has undergone some injuries over the last year because he's that guy that's so competitive and he's so capable and he's so strong. And so he's like, I'm just going to lift it all and I'll just muscle it all and whatever. And whether I have mobility or not, because he's competitive and he's so strong. And so we constantly have to like back him down and be like, okay, but we have to work on these things in order to go there. And that means just the simple, basic, boring stuff that is going to keep us healthy for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I still make stupid mistakes and do shit that I shouldn't just because like when I was in Iceland, there's heavy rocks there. And I'm like, yeah, I can totally lift that. And I shouldn't have. And I really fucked myself for like the rest of the trip. But I mean, I watched like a six, seven dude do it. So I was like, this will be cake for me because we're the same size. (laughs) I got it. I did not have it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I also do want to ask, this is a random quick easy, but what is your current favorite supplement? Because you are aligned with First Form and and I don't even really want to spend time there because we have to spend time elsewhere. But I just love that one of the things I love about that brand and about you guys that are with that brand, Derek, all of it, you know, Jenna, everyone is the loyalty that occurs both directions is special, it's unique. They've stuck with you through the seasons. They've stuck with each individual through the seasons and y'all have stuck with them back. And that is different. There's something different about that. And that's one of the reasons why it's always been, I love it about that brand. But anyway, so what's your favorite thing currently? Like if you're like, that's my supplement, love it. What is it? I feel like recently, lately, I have a hard time sleeping. I always have. I have really bad, well, my body's stupid. It sucks. It's always working against me. So sleeping's hard. So the magnesium that they have, I freaking love that thing. It's probably the one thing that I make sure to take every day, no matter what, because I honestly do think it helps me sleep. And I've tried all of the sleep aids, melatonins, all of that garbage, and none of it really helped with the magnesium. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it could be a placebo, but I don't think it is. I think it's helping. You take it right before bed? Yeah, I take it. I know you can take it all day, but I take it before bed. And I think it's also a habit. Like if I'm taking this before bed because it helps me sleep, I think it's like a mental thing too, where I'm like getting into sleep mode too like trying to prepare my mind and my body, but I love the magnesium and then fish oils because I do have like psoriasis and chronic pain and joint issues. The fish oils are amazing. Okay. 
Noted. Good. That's different. Those are different than my favorite. I like the natural, like the lifestyle products because I can't take a lot of the proteins and stuff anymore because I'm allergic to whey. I love it, but I can't really do it. So when they came out with their whole lifestyle product line, I was like, this is the best because I can take all of this stuff and it's things that everyone needs. Is like, no matter what cookie you're doing. your favorite for the vegan power? I, I, yes, for the vegan one. Yeah. No other protein exists. I love it. I deal with like, well, uh, decision fatigue. That might sound ridiculous, but I don't want to make so many decisions in a day. Uh, we already make too many. And so I love that. I just like, that's the only one. The collagen, I only drink with flavor. I don't know. I'm sure if I go somewhere else and it's a, when I'm there, I'll try it. But here, there's just one. Yeah. I don't no, I'm about the same it. way. Just, I'm just like, go. once I like something, I'm like, this is my thing forever. Yeah. And I love that you have the other flavor options. I just don't need them. Okay. So with fitness stuff, one more other thing I want to touch on, which is, is simply through all of the seasons of the journey, the weight gain, the weight loss, like the severe swings, all of these things with your health, women, body image. And I feel that's probably something maybe you've fought with potentially. Every day of my life. You do such a good job on the internet of being empowering and stepping into your power to the best of your ability. And I think you do empower a lot of other women. And so how do you do that? Like if you're navigating all of this and you're still struggling with it, what are some of the things that maybe you say to yourself to get right with you to give yourself some grace? Because with all the stuff you've had going on, you've had to give yourself so much grace. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's a big part of it. I did there. I mean, yeah, I've literally had so many severe weight loss, severe weight gain. Right now, I feel like I'm at a loss. I feel and look weak to myself. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm not as muscular as I want to be. And then I've been really heavy, really strong. I've been heavy and weak. I've been all over the place. But I feel like for me, grace, but also I look at it as because I'm dealing with so many health issues, stuff I can't control. I had to really in my head be like, look at my body, at what it's gone through. This shit has been through hell. And it's still here. And it's the only one I got. And like me being negative towards the way I look when I don't for the things I can't control. If I'm doing everything I can to control, it's different if I'm like, I'm the lazy one here. I let myself go. I should be working towards fixing this. But if I'm actively working and doing my best and there's just things I can't control, I have to learn to accept my body in all of its stages and then look at it as like, I'm pretty blessed that it's gone through all this shit and it's still functioning. It's still working for me. And yeah, being a woman is so hard, especially nowadays with all the constant comparison on the internet. And if you've ever been an athlete and you've looked better, I think that all the time. I'm like, dang, I wish I looked like how I used to look. Like I don't look like that anymore. And I'm like, hey, that's not you. That's what I think. I'm like, that was you then. But I look at the person I was on the inside. I'm like, I don't want to be that person anymore. This is who you are now. You got to do the best you can with what you have. And if you don't like it, work to improve it. That's really all we can do. And then give yourself some grace. It's the only body you have. So putting it down is not really doing anything for you. Right. Yeah. And working with it and being like, oh, we're here to support one another. That's actually like, let's see here. I came into the fitness space to work finally last year. And anyway, one of the things that has helped for me is at the end of the summer last year, moved to Austin, got relieved from the brand that I was supposed to be working with. So it was like a scary, hard time. And I'd been disconnected from my recovery community. And just, I mean, there was a lot of change going on in life. And for the first time since I was 19, there were probably about five times I made myself throw up. I literally, and the first couple of times didn't even notice it happened. I mean, I don't know where my brain was, 
But then finally, a couple times in, I'm like, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? Thank goodness that I was able to, in that moment, be like, here I am getting to be this person in the fitness wellness community. Like I'm being a wellness person and I'm doing this. And so thankfully I had that handful of times and I was like, you can't do this. You cannot do this. And so then affirmations in the morning of simply like, I'll pop up in the morning and I will pray to be kind to myself before I even go get in the shower, go take off my clothes, go get in the shower. Like I'm gonna pray to show myself love before I even look at myself. Because we do, we got all this weird stuff of looking back at the previous you and being like, oh man, she really, whatever. And it's like, yeah, and she lost her period and she did, you know what I mean? Like she did all these other things that were not, whereas right now, like I feel good. And so even though it doesn't look that way, we're good. So being able to advocate for those positive things for all of these women who really do need inspiration that's like a human, <laughs> like just be a human. Well, I think focusing on how you feel, it's hard, right? But I'd much rather feel better and like my body be working more efficiently, at least, than worry so much about how I look. Like if I'm feeling better, I think people who fixate on like size of clothing, I always thought that was so weird because actually if I went up a size, I would probably be happy, but someone else might not be. So I feel it's definitely how you feel and like body composition is a big part of that and just being healthy and like. Yeah, I lost my period too, but not because of weight loss. It's just because my hormones were fucked up. But yeah, you got to be kind and give yourself some grace and focus on what that body has done for you and less on like how it looks right now, like fixating on all the negatives. I always think that's a bad thing to do in general, like fixate on like the positives of what it's done for you and like how you're going to improve and grow. You don't have to fixate on all the things that are wrong, which is hard because I think we all do it. I know. I still do. Yeah. Well, and when you identified as that bodybuilding athlete, that was literally what it was. And then having to like unlearn all the shit you learned. And for me with my journey of fitness too, it's like, if it moves well and it feels good when I'm doing it, like boom, done. We win regardless of how many pounds are on the thing or whatever. If it moved well and I felt good and I feel good in life, that is a win. That's a really good way to look at things. Move I still, Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a great way to look at it. Cause sometimes like, yeah. even when I'm lifting and I'm like, this is really lightweight, but I know I can't do more. And if it feels good and I feel like I'm working hard, then I, I'm good. That's all I need. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to transition now over to, cause we've got a couple of other topics. I really do want to spend time on. You mentioned getting back into competitive shooting. Yeah. I just had a conversation yesterday about it. Tell me more. I mean, Women empowerment and being comfortable with weapons and things like that. Like I just, you, I feel like are a literal icon for that. And thank you for that. And so how'd you get into that? And why do you do it? And just tell me about it. Okay. I grew up on a farm. So there was always guns around like everyone I knew hunted, but I didn't learn how to properly shoot until I moved to Las Vegas, honestly. Like I had shotguns and I knew most how to be safe with a weapon, but being competitive and being proficient, being intentional with my skill set. When I moved to Vegas, I had already been interested in competition shooting. Like I had seen people do it and I'm like, gosh, that's so cool. I don't know how you get into that, right? I moved to Vegas and within a week of moving there, I met someone who was like, oh, I do competition shooting. And I'm like, really here? And they're like, yeah, you want to come? And I was like, I do. I sure do. 
So they were willing to like, teach me. And I had didn't have a lot of guns, honestly, at that time. Because when I left Colorado, my ex took all my guns. So I had like my concealed carry pistol, which is not something you want to shoot competitions with. I went and they were practicing with them. And some of the guys I met were like, letting me borrow their guns and their gear and teaching me how to do it. And we would practice and I just fell in love with it. Again, being a competitor, I hadn't been training for anything. I wasn't able to compete in bodybuilding or anything anymore. And I was like, oh, this is something that gives me a purpose. And I love getting better at this and I want to continue doing it. So I started training with them and they're really good shooters. Actually, my friend JJ, I had talked to him yesterday. So it was some of the guys he worked with and he is one of the, the best shooters in the world. He just won Worlds this year. He's incredible. So like getting to train with people like him was paramount to me, like improving. And then I loved all the shit in my life of not of being a victim. That was always like a thing in the back of my mind. Like I started doing training MMA and doing kickboxing and shooting better. And I was like, I just never wanted to be a victim again. And I also wanted to be like, good at whatever I'm doing. Like, I never wanted to just go through the motions. Like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. So yeah, I fell in love with it. And then when I moved to Missouri, I stepped away from it a bit because there's just nothing here. There's no matches. Everything's like three hours away and maybe once a month. But when I moved to Phoenix, I can literally start, like, I could start the day I moved there if I wanted to. I could shoot the next day. So I talked to my friend yesterday about like, hey, I need a training regimen, what I need to start doing to get back into it. This next year, my plan is to be really competitive and do the damn thing. That's my goal. So I need a goal. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. I actually am going to go to my first event that's a gun is coming out and I'll have to talk to you about it later. I am so excited about it (laughs) Uh, just because I grew up around weapons and had used anyway. I just I have always enjoyed them. I mean, for me, I'm like, wait, who doesn't like to shoot a handgun? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like fun. It is fun. I did date a competitive shooter at one point and quickly learned that I was a buffoon with a weapon (laughs) in comparison to people who are good at it. I think, I mean, honestly, if, if you're not training that way, it's, you really have no clue. Like this, it's crazy the amount of times I've been to a shooting like match and cops will show up in it. Cause anyone can go, right. It's not like you have to be a professional shooter. Anyone can go if you have the right gears or the right gear or whatever. And I watch cops come and I'm like, oh, they're probably gonna be good. And then I'm like, watch them shoot. And I'm like, oh God, I can't believe they give you a duty weapon. Like... <laughs> This is horrible. It's so cringy. And I'm like, it's insane. So I'm like, dang, this is like your job, which is terrifying. But I'm like, then the average person where it's not even their job, they don't know what they're doing, which is also terrifying. I'm a big advocate for everyone who owns a gun to at least take a class or for basics on how to manipulate the firearm safely and how to be more proficient and accurate. Like I just think everyone, if you're going to have one, you should know how to use it. But that's really not the case. People are like, oh, I mean, it's easy to shoot. You just pull the trigger if you want. You're not going to hit most of what you're looking at. Yeah. Well, and this is such a good thing to like spend a little bit of the safety of the understanding of the weapon and how to be safe with it is so, so important. And so for two things, one, it sounds like you got more into it because it gave you this empowerment and this feeling of safety. And I actually am not a victim and I am capable. I can protect myself because there were times where you didn't feel like you could protect yourself. So to someone listening that doesn't know the first thing about it, but would love the idea of getting involved with understanding how to use one or how to use one safely, 
what would you say to them? Literally every gun range that has like a range, not just a gun store, but any gun range provides classes and courses. And then we have the internet where there is a thousand people online who are doing classes. I mean, you can do your research and figure out who's good and who's not. But I would say first step is if you have your gun already or you can go take your concealed carry class, I always think that's a great thing to do, even if you're not going to carry, because it does give you basic safety and the laws in the state that you live in, which is really important. And then sometimes they don't require you to shoot, which I am not a fan of. I would prefer all concealed carry courses require actual shooting too. But then That's take a course. That's kind of crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. The ones I've done, they none of like Colorado doesn't require you to actually shoot your weapon. A lot of states don't. And then if you have constitutional states, constitutional carry like Missouri and Arizona, you don't have to take a class or get a permit. You can just carry. But you can go to any gun range and sign up for a basic pistol course or gun safety course or whatever and they'll give you the basics and teach you how to shoot and then yeah online like I have a bunch of friends who do courses and there's beginner level courses that anyone can sign up for and then there's once you get better if you at least know what you're doing I've taken a few beginner courses with some of my friends and I always learn something new so I think that's the best way to do it the more you can educate yourself the better in anything but especially with firearms because they are dangerous. They're fun, and I get it, but if you, you people make stupid mistakes all the time. I think the number one gun issue is like it's mostly self-involved like shootings. People doing stupid shit and shooting themselves or shooting someone else. So, that can be mediated if people were just educated on safety and not so stupid. Yeah. Well, and I love that you just stated that like you've enjoyed the beginner courses even as somebody who is not a beginner who has chosen to take them with people who are like you still pick things up. I think it's so cool. You could apply that to any area of life of always being a student, knowing that there's always something different out there that you could learn. Absolutely. Even yeah, if I love being so a good honest. a good student. I still even like I took like a little break from shoot. I know how to shoot, but I have a friend who lives like a few hours away from St. Louis, and he's an instructor, and he's a really good shooter. And I went to shoot with him, and we had never shot together. So he's like, "Hey, what are you wanting to do? What is your skill level, etc." I'm like, "Just treat me like I don't know what I'm doing." And I got there and we started shooting. He was like, did you fucking lie to me? And I was like, not really. Like, I'm not, I just like, that's what I meant. Like, I want to feel like I'm starting over almost. Just like, if I have bad habits, you can tell me so I can break or whatever. We all have them or things that I just got lazy with because I haven't shot as much. So, and he was and like, I'm like, just trying to be a good student here. Like, I don't, everyone does things differently and I want to like soak up as much as I can get and apply it. So like, just treat me like I'm a beginner. And then if I'm not, that's great. Then it's just going to go by faster. <laughs> I love that. Okay, moving on from there, travel. You love to travel and you have been a lot of places. And so did you start traveling young? Is that something that you started to do in your adult life? Why do you travel? And then maybe some other stuff. Let's start there. Oh, yeah. So no, didn't do pretty much any traveling when I was younger. Honestly, I didn't take a vacation for a really long time. I think I took my real first vacation 2016 or 17, sort of. It was like, I went to, it was a work vacation. So I don't even know if that really counts. I went to Australia to work. Like they, some people, like a shop there paid for me to guest at their shop. So I flew out there and worked. I don't know if that really counts. It was cool though. It was really neat to experience, but I took my first solo vacation right after I moved to Las Vegas. And I had not traveled or done anything besides work for 
10 years, honestly, from 17 to 27. Besides doing work stuff, I didn't take vacations. And I had always wanted to travel, but my biggest issue is I couldn't find people to travel with me. The few times that I had tried to do stuff, people back out or schedules are weird and or I got felt guilty about not working. I was around people who would make you feel bad for taking vacation. Like if you're not working, then like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So when I moved to Vegas, I had an opportunity to go to Hawaii and stay at this condo pretty much for free. And I had tried to invite some friends and no one could go. And I was like, well, then I'm not going to go, right? I'm not going to go travel alone to that far away like that's not gonna be fun and I was in my head I was like why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you just go it's pretty like all you have to pay for is like your flight like it's a beautiful condo on the ocean why would you let that go to waste so I kind of just was like all right we're gonna do this I had never traveled alone yet I was still in the whole mindset of doing things alone was scary and so I booked my flight and I went out there and it was literally the best trip I had ever had it was so great because I had been to Hawaii a few times when I was younger with my family and my family sucks. So those trips were really miserable and they're not active people. They didn't really want to do anything. They'll like, sit by the pool and like hang out when I'm like, there's an ocean and a beach and like we could go hiking and go do stuff. And they just, so yeah, I got to do all the things that I wanted to do. I went cliff jumping. I did hikes every day. I ate where I wanted to. I woke up and watched the sunrise I have some family there. So we went and like, dove for octopus, just did all that went horseback riding. Like it just did all the things. And it was incredible and like liberating because I was like, I've been wanting to travel and see the world my whole life, but I've been waiting for people to go with me. And I knew I was like, if I keep waiting, I'm never going to go. So I just went and that set off like me traveling more and more. So then I started doing solo trips and going wherever I wanted I went to Europe for Christmas by myself that same year, which was incredible. And then, yeah, now I'm like, I love traveling alone. And now I want to start sharing it with other people, trying to see as many places as I can, because <laughs> it really does change you. Every time I go somewhere new or do new things, I feel like I just, the amount of growth you experience with new cultures, new people, new mindsets, there's just nothing like it. How do you budget for it? I mean, not necessarily your specific finances, but for somebody who didn't grow up traveling, that resonates so heavily with me because my mom was always like, can you please not go by yourself? And I was like, yeah, so if I don't go by myself, I'm just not going and I'm just done not going. And so we figured out a solution of me having a Garmin and you know, whatever. I'm actually really bad about that. I tell everyone, I'm like, let people know where you are, send updates. And when I do stuff, I'm just like, I just go and people are like, are you somewhere? And I'm like, yeah, probably. I just don't tell anyone. <laughs> I do the exact opposite of what I would tell anyone else to do. But for budgeting, I am just not a thing person. I don't buy things. I've never been a big thing person. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, how do you afford this? And I'm like, this is where my money goes. If I know I wanted to go on a trip and I did the same thing when I was getting tattooed and I didn't take vacations, like my vacations were to get tattoos and I did it the same way. I'm like, well, if I'm doing one trip a year and this is how much it costs, then I have to set this up away for this one thing. That's what I do. So yeah, I don't buy things. I'm not a thing person. So I, all my money goes into budgeting for an experience. I feel like that's just budgeting. I just, I don't know how people are with their finances, but I like to live below my means and I never like to spend over it. Like I don't use credit cards. I don't have any debt besides the debt I have to have because the government makes me so I can have a credit score. 
stupid. Yeah. I think one of the things that was cool, I actually learned this from next years ago was if you put the trip on the calendar, you'll figure out a way to make it happen. And so that was the habit I got into was go ahead and put it on the calendar. And when you're headed back from whatever the thing is, if you don't have something else on the calendar, figure out what the next thing is, put it on there, and then you'll find a way to get it done. And so been testing that for a while and it's working. I feel too, if you have a set amount, like let's say this trip is $3,000 total for a week or whatever, depending on how far out it is, divide it up into how much you have to put away, whether it's each day or each month, and then do that. I feel like that's like a really easy system for saving money for anything. So like, I don't know, that's what I have to do. I'm like, how many days do I have to work to pay for this trip? And then once I make it, I set that away for that. That's it. And then I don't touch it. Yeah. I want to know current favorite place that you've been and why, and then where are you desperate to go? It can be Mm. more than one. Every place I've been, I feel like it's just different. I don't know if better. There are certain places that I would be more willing to go back to. So I guess those would be move up the list, right? Like there's places where I kind of saw it, saw it, it was great. I don't know if I'd ever go back. That's how I felt about Australia. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'd go back. It was fine. Did you hop over to New Zealand or did you just go to Australia? No, I would. New Zealand's up there on the list and I'm a nerd. So I'm going to do Hobbiton and freaking. I'll wear a cape even. I'm, I'm going to buy a ring. I don't <laughs> Can I go I'll on this do. trip? <laughs> I just have to warn you though, when I commit to things, I do them. So just know if, if that ever, like you're literally stuck with me. Once I yes. <laughs> no, yeah. New Zealand's up there for sure. It looks, I was, yeah, it looks so beautiful there. And there's so much to do because there's, I think North and South New Zealand, there's different options. Yeah. New Zealand's definitely up there. I'm trying to think of like, top places on my list. Oh, I just, I can't. Oh, there's so many. Ridiculous. There's so many. I know. You just recently went to Iceland and that's up there for me. Iceland is amazing. I would go back to Iceland. I would like to go in the summer. There's things that I would like to do that I didn't get to do because it was a group trip. So you don't really have freedom as much. So I would definitely go back to Iceland. I loved Hungary. Budapest was incredible. I would go back there too. Hawaii. I just love Hawaii. It's so beautiful, but there's lots of other islands I would like to see. It just feels very homey to me, but I really only like one island. Which I don't one? know. There's Kauai. It's the yeah, best Okay, cool. Kauai is the one that I'll probably go to later this oh, year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you need a list of things to do, I got local contacts, so I like all the things. I've been there Noted. so many times. Yeah, my cousin lives there, so he's the one I always go hiking with and stuff when I'm there. He's the best. And it's a really small island. So, I mean, I want to do for group trips. I've been thinking lately, I think Portugal, Japan, those are top area, probably like two that I'm thinking for group trips. I really want to see all of Europe. There's not a place in Europe I really don't want to see. I haven't done a lot. Like I haven't seen Italy or Greece or Scotland. Switzerland is is my boyfriend's favorite place on the planet. Yeah. I almost went to Switzerland. I was going to go by myself for my birthday and go snowboarding. And it's so expensive. So as a solo trip, it was, this really doesn't make, this is a lot. So I was like, I think I need to at least split the room with someone that would at least help. But it's top two for me, honestly. I really want to go snowboarding there. Or I heard actually Italy is cheaper to snowboard. So I may adjust my thinking, but Switzerland, everywhere there is just beautiful. Yeah. I got some friends that just went and did some snowboarding out in Japan that looked like the craziest shit I've ever seen. 
looked insane. Okay. And then wait, did you say where your favorite that you've been is? I mean, I said the places I would, I liked Iceland was beautiful. I would go back. So I don't have a favorite I've been. Egypt was amazing. Turkey was actually really good. I just can't choose. They're all so different. I don't know how people choose favorites for anything besides kids or pets. Like, I feel like that's easier to choose. The, it's easier there. to choose a favorite <laughs> child. That's the clear winner. I don't have kids, so people are all like, how dare you? And I'm like, ah, you all have favorites, you little liars. You know you do. We don't have to talk about it, but you know you do. Yeah, not everyone's as honest like my parents were. They are very honest about it. Everyone else is nicer and keeps it on the inside. That's funny. Okay, so what is something that you feel like you are doing well in life that you would like to do better or do more of? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. I feel like for me personally, I don't know if this translates to other, but my mental health journey the last seven years was really important to me. Like I've been single for seven years and uh, sort of by choice, sort of not, but I think it was honestly something I am very proud of that I did. Being more independent, working through traumas and triggers and a lot of the like stuff I had dealt with that put me on these patterns of abusive relationships and like bettering myself on the inside. Like I'm really actually super proud of that. And I feel like I've done a decent job of healing a lot of that stuff. I know obviously it's never ending and I think I can clearly continue doing a better job every day. I'm like, you could do better but I am actually super proud of how far I've come in the last few years on like making sure that I self-improvement and actually improving and not just blaming other people or outside sources for my problems, like fixing the part of me that was also the problem. Yeah. Has that been partially through therapy and stuff like that? Yeah. Therapy with other people, a lot of reading, a lot of like self-diagnosing, a lot of self-therapy, a lot of self-awareness coming to terms with my part and like the parts of me that were a problem and like fixing those and then therapy obviously I'm a huge advocate for people getting therapy but I think a lot of times sometimes you have to you have to do it yourself a little bit too because if you're not open to actually changing or fixing it someone can tell you it's like anything in life someone can give you all the tools and be there for you and hold space for you but if you're not actually willing to do the inner work there's nothing anyone else can do for you in that space Absolutely. And you're a big reader, right? I don't even own a TV. All I do is read. Okay, so what's your favorite book related to mental health? Oh, gosh, there's a couple that I really like. The two that I've read in the last couple years that I really, really liked, The Mountain Is You, which is about self-sabotage, which I have really struggled with internally, and I still do. I feel like I try to prevent myself from happiness or feeling like I deserve things. So like that self-sabotage aspect, The Mountain of Is You was really good for that. The Body Keeps the Score is probably one of my favorite books about trauma, especially like the physical pain you feel. I'm always saying my body is literally in a constant state of fight or flight. And I think that was like another part of my chronic pain and my body not healing itself. Like I haven't been in a non-stressful state pretty much my entire life. So especially with like all the like mental and physical trauma. So that body keeps the score was really incredible. And I felt attacked sometimes when reading it. There's some things you read and you're like, damn, I'm, I feel attacked right now. But sometimes you need that being called out calls you forward. So that book was 
integral. And I think a lot of people would benefit from it. Lots of different types of trauma too, not just one size fits all. So, Yeah, that's actually one that I own that book and I've read part of that book. I've not read the whole thing, but yeah, it's always one of the top recommendations for this stuff. And it wouldn't be if it wasn't so freaking good. It's actually kind of like uh, Untethered Soul is one that comes up with people um, commonly, you know? I just don't like that book. Me neither. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Fuck. I've read so, it twice because I had a therapist tell me that maybe I wasn't reading it correctly. And I'm like, all right, maybe I wasn't in the right space for it, right? Sometimes you're like, if things are for you, you don't want to feel them. So I'm like, all right, I'll try it again. Be open. And then I tried and I was like, I fucking hate this book. I didn't get all the way through it. I'll tell you that. I started to read it, whatever. Anyway, but what's cool, I have dear friends that it has profoundly impacted positively. So I'm like, I love that it exists. Like that's what's so cool about it is like something's going to resonate with you and not somebody else. And that's okay. But I definitely, I have other literature that I read that I feel delivers the same message similarly. But I got that over here and I really like the way they said it. And I think you're saying the same thing just in a different way over here. Anyway. That's what's so cool about the literature. And so The Body Keeps Score is another one that I know so many people who have just been so profoundly impacted by it. And I actually do want to finish that one. But anyway, okay. So I like to wrap the episodes with one. I just want to say thank you so very much for your time and saying yes. It's so cool to meet you and I'm excited <laughs> to be in real life. And then there's a lot of stuff packed in here that's going to help some people. So I always like to end the episodes with three things that you are grateful for today? Oh, okay. I am grateful to be moving out of Missouri. Oh, that's top of my list right now of being grateful. I'm very grateful for the people I have in my life right now. I had said this recently and I'm just trying to be more clear about it with the people I love, but not always have I had people in my life that I think genuinely cared and loved for me. And I do have that currently and it's a kind of a foreign feeling, but I'm super grateful for it. I'm also grateful for, I am grateful that like, as much as I am broken, that my mind and my just like being capable of persevering through pain and like shit happening and not letting it continue to beat me down because I see that happen a lot. So there's, I don't know if it's like a thing that's always been inside of me or that I cultivated, but a part of me that doesn't let myself quit even though I feel like I want to all the time. So I'm a little grateful for that. That resilience and it's taking agency back and being like, no, I'm not just going to be the victim. I'm going to take agency back, which you've done in so many ways and will continue to do. So three things that I am grateful for. I am grateful for my sobriety today. It's just really helpful whenever stuff happens in life and I can navigate it more peacefully. So I'm beyond grateful for that. I am grateful for warm weather. It's been warm this week. And anyone who doesn't have warm weather right now, I'm sorry. I don't mean to rub it in your face, but I do love that sunshine <laughs> and that warmth. And when I can throw on some shorts and rock out. So the third thing I'm grateful for is just good friends. Just having friends that whenever you're silent, they know something's up or anything like that. Like you said, like that's pretty powerful. And people who can do things send voice memos where they pray over you. And then I can even oh, receive that today because yeah. there have been years in the past where I couldn't receive that. I'd be like, what? Nope. Oh, same here. And I'm super grateful for people who do that. I have a friend who's a minister and he sends me stuff like that. And I'm like, mm, yeah. really appreciate and I feel it. like it's a superpower to be able to. I also think it's one that anyone can acquire, 
But I think being able to pray over somebody like that is like, whoa, that's really cool. So anyway, where can the listener who doesn't already know of you, where can they find you, support you? Well, I only have Instagrams, so I have two separate ones. I have a Marissa.Loren, which is my personal one. I don't know if it's personal. And then my art page, which my professional page is Marissa Loren Art. And those are the two places you can find me. Yep. And all of that will be in the show notes, guys. And really, if you want to see beautiful content, entertaining content, if you want to read things that are impactful, like I think that's just been my biggest takeaway from following you is really what you choose to write, which is really cool because it's such a photo video thing. And so when people have thoughtful captions and are well-written, it really stands out. And you've done that for just so long now. So if you guys want to get content like that, go check her out. And other than that, we hope that you guys have a beautiful day.